Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me in a Book podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and this is episode seven. Uh, I would have had this up earlier, but we had some technical difficulties with sound, and now Christmas came early, and I'm on a different microphone. So if it sounds better, if it sounds worse, I guess just let me know. And if it sounds worse, um, that's too bad because I really like this microphone better. But I mean, obviously, please let me know if it sounds worse because then I'll do a different edit or figure it out um, because I want to make sure that this sounds the best for you. And thank you so much for your patience as this episode is a little bit late. Not going to make any more excuses. <laughs> I'm just going to get right into this because this is a great book. And I'm going to be honest Again, I'm going to be honest in all of this, I have a lot to tell you. So I was going to be doing a different book on Tuesday. It was going to be released on Tuesday. And it was actually uh, the book by Colleen Hoover. Uh, it's called It Ends With Us. And it's a very, very good book. I highly recommend read it if you have not read it yet. I will let you know, though, that it is a very heavy book. And it's emotional. Um, trigger warning. Um, it does pertain domestic abuse. And I don't know. I just felt like I didn't do it justice and because I was trying to rush everything. And so I still have it recorded, but I want to take my time and edit it and release it at a different time. Um, and I wanted to do this one instead. I feel like it it was a, a better vibe. So yeah, that is going into the archives. I will release it one day, um, but just know that I definitely recommend that book and I recommend you read it as soon as possible. Today's book is going to be Neanderthal Seeks Human. This book is by Penny Reed, and it is part of the Knitting in the City series. And this is book number one, but also I believe I read, oh, I want to say three of these books. When I first started reading them, I, I think two of them had come out and then I waited for the third one. And now I think there's like five or six, but also the second book of this series branches off into a whole different series as well. And I've read a couple of those. I believe it's like Beard something. I can't remember what the series is called. But I've read a couple of those and they were just, they were amazing. I loved them. So I will put those recommendations on my Instagram so that you can see all of the different series. And also these books, you can read them standalone. I do recommend if you want to read like one or two to kind of read those in order and and read this one at the beginning so that you kind of know everyone, if that makes sense. But after that, they can be standalone. This is a great book. This is a contemporary romance comedy, which I love a good comedy book. I love either laughing out loud, laughing in my head, laughing in my heart, all of it. I love laughing. That's why I married a comedian because I love laughing above everything. So this is not fantasy. I was going to look up the definition of contemporary, but I did not, and I'm just going to guess that it's real life. <laughs> so if I'm wrong, tell me if I'm wrong. That's fine. With this podcast, this is going to be the start of a different format, um, just because I did like doing the more full, in-depth review of these books and talking about them really in-depth, but I felt like it wasn't a conversation enough 
And that's what I want it to be. That's what I want this podcast to be is more of a conversation between besties that we can really talk about books and discuss them. And I can later have like guests on the podcast and we can talk about different themes in the book and and just have more of a conversation. And I felt like the format that I was doing while I still love it, I still love doing that type of format. I felt like it wasn't what I initially set out to do. So hopefully this episode goes well with this book with the mother-sister standard both of them would love this book and I'm sure that they would love the series honestly just love it because there are some toast scenes like toasty scenes but there is no detail like at all like they they kiss and they start to get like a little spicy and everything like that but there is no words that pertain to genitalia that <laughs> makes sense um there's nothing like that I don't think they even say like like penetration nothing like that nothing to the level of the books that I have previously read this is a very tame book that even like a young adult could read the storyline is great and the characters are great and you get to know them, you get to love them, you just want to be a part of their life. Um, From here, we are going to do more of a synopsis rather than an in-depth talk about the book. We're going to do a very light synopsis so you know about the book, kind of the scenes that are in there, and the storyline. I'm going to keep it as brief as I can, but also it kind of gives an intrigue that makes you know about the book that helps you understand the book but also it kind of keeps it mysterious so that if you do want to go and read it there's still a lot more that you can uncover all right without further ado let's do a synopsis of this book and then let's talk about this book because I'm excited to dig deeper Our main character is Janie Morris, and she's a quirky girl. She is not afraid to tell the truth. She's all about the truth, and she loves, or I don't know if she loves it, but she can't help to just tell all the trivial facts that she knows. And so she's the type of girl that when you were to ask her a question or talk about anything, she would just spout out all the facts about it all of the information that she knows. And if she doesn't know it, she's going to go look it up and research and then tell you about everything that she researched. So she knows a lot. She is just a fact machine. And we love her for that. So we enter the book and she's sitting on the toilet. She just got let go of her job. She is still at the job and in the bathroom trying to figure out what her next steps are to do. And she looks down, realizes there's no toilet paper. So already, this is a great day. She gets let go of, there's no toilet paper. What else could happen, honestly? And then we learn as she, you know, pulling up her pants, what what else can you do at that point? Like, you drip dry and hope that you don't have to go number two. And then from there, you just take a shower when you get home. I have done that many times. Don't ask me how many times. 
because I, I've done it so many times. So she comes out of the bathroom and she goes to gather up her stuff. She's basically doing the walk of shame. And we learned that her job usually does layoffs on Fridays. I don't know how often it occurs, but this is a Tuesday. And so she is like, is anyone else getting let go of? But no, it was just her. So she's gathering up her stuff. She feels someone kind of like behind her. Like you can just kind of tell when someone is behind you, like a presence almost. And she turns around and it, she calls him, let's see, what she, what does she call him? Like she calls him Sir Handsome Make Hot Pants. I love that so much. Kind of a long name, but I would definitely call someone that. So she's like, great. This is so humiliating. I get walked out by the security guard. And of course, it's this security guard. And we find out that she literally found out that day as well, like that morning, that her boyfriend of six years, I want to say, was cheating on her. And she found that out because she decided to do his laundry and he kept the condom wrapper in his back pocket. And she knew that he did not use it with her. And so then he like revealed everything or so we thought revealed everything. It's just a great day. (laughs) So she gets cheated on. She gets let go of. There's no toilet paper in the bathroom. And now... Sir Handsome McHotPants is there. So he leads her down. She's just being herself. She's just spouting off facts about everything. But he is not looking at her like she's strange. Like he genuinely looks interested and wants to know more about these interesting facts that she knows about. She's definitely noticed him. He started a couple weeks previously and most of the women at the job had noticed him obviously and so she decided that she wanted to watch him more and she realized that he went on shift at 1 30 and so she started to take a late lunch and went into the lobby and ate behind a plant that's a visual for you ate behind a plant so that she could watch him and so yes she's flustered they go down to the basement I guess that's where they exile HR to which if you didn't know, which you probably don't, I haven't revealed it on here. I, I haven't really revealed very much about myself on here, but I am actually HR in my company. And I could not imagine having an office in the basement. I would go insane. Are there even any windows in the basement? No, because aren't basements usually underground? Probably. I don't think I could do it. Sounds like by the parking garage too, which that would really suck. Like, why do they do that to HR people? <laughs> And to top it off, we learn that, yes, she was cheated on, but she also was living with him, and it is his place. He is very wealthy, and he wants to stay together, and he's trying to convince her, and she's like, oh, absolutely not. So she's like, well, I have to move out now. She's doing all of her paperwork with HR. She turns in her badge, everything like that, and the Sir Hottie... I'm just going to call him Sir Hottie because, I mean, that name is just too long. So he tells her, like, hey, wait for me, okay? And she's kind of like, is this normal? Like, do the security guards usually do this to people that they let go? And he goes around and is talking to a couple of people while she's turning in her stuff. And then he leads her out to this car and he says, like, yeah, like, here's a car that can take you anywhere that you need to go. And she's like, okay, this really isn't normal. Like, who has a car waiting for people that they let go of? My company doesn't. Like, 
that's a that's an extreme perk like hey you just got fired but we're gonna give you a nice car to take you home like yeah I guess that's what what's happening so in the car she realizes again like oh yeah I don't really have any place to go but she has the driver take her to the apartment and during that drive she calls her best friend Elizabeth and tells her everything that's happening and Elizabeth works at the Chicago hospital she's in her residency and Janie is actually using the phone of the driver because we learn that not only is she quirky, but she does not believe in cell phones, which when it's explained, I kind of understand because when you go to dinner and maybe, you know, it depends on the people. I try not to be on my phone when I'm at dinner with my spouse. I really try not to because that's a time where we can really connect and talk about our life and catch up, everything like that. And so that's one of the reasons why she doesn't believe in cell phones because everywhere she goes, people are just so invested in their phone and they're not invested in the people around them, which I completely understand. But also it's kind of extreme to not have a cell phone. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I could do it. Honestly, I I really don't. Like on some days I feel like I'm not on my phone very often because I'm more like tuned into the people around me. On some days, I'm just on my phone all day. Like right now, my phone is at 1% and it never gets that way. So that tells me I've been on my phone a lot today. I did work from home, so that kind of makes sense why the battery is so low. Okay, so she gets to the apartment that she shares with her now ex-boyfriend. During the drive of course she called Elizabeth telling her what happened and the driver overhears and he's this nice old guy and asks her like hey do you want me to like circle back around in a couple hours like wait for you to get your stuff and then I can take you to like your friend's apartment Janie is like oh my gosh like yes like that would that would be so great so that's exactly what happens she goes upstairs thankfully her ex-boyfriend is not there and she gathers up all her stuff, a couple boxes worth, and then she takes them downstairs and puts them in the car. He had circled back around, and then he takes her to Elizabeth's apartment where she is able to stay for as long as she wants, which is a very nice friend to let her do that. And then, yes, since she doesn't believe in a cell phone, she checks her email and emails her ex that she is completely moved out, and he comes back and wants to meet with her, saying that he loves her so much, and it was a mistake, and he just wants to take care of her, and he doesn't care that she doesn't have any money, and all, all this stuff, and she's like, not interested. That night, Elizabeth calls an emergency meeting, which we then learn why this is in the Knitting in the City series, because there, I should have counted, but I believe there's six of them in this group. And they get together. And even though like none of them really knit, it's just a time to get together as friends. And it just sounds like a lot of fun. Like I have a couple best friends and then I have some friends like through work and acquaintances and everything like that. And just to have a group of like six or seven girls that get together like at least once a week, it sounds like, that would be so much fun. I hope to be like them when I grow up. I That's my goals is to be able to have a group like that that we can get together and basically do anything, try any hobby that we want to do and just have a good time. And during that group is when they basically talk about the different things that happen in their life. And so Janie tells them all about her day and that she was able to talk to 
Sir McHotty, and they know all about him, of course, like she's talked about him before to them. Elizabeth tells Janie that the next weekend, because it's a Tuesday, that next weekend, she is taking her to Club Outrageous, which I guess one of Elizabeth Elizabeth's patients gave her tickets, which is kind of a strange thing to do. Give their doctor some club tickets? I don't know. Seems a little weird, but whatever. So Elizabeth is going to take her to that club that weekend. So it's that weekend and they go into this club. They get right in. And when they get up to the bar, immediately the bartender is like, someone wants to put all your drinks on their tab. Like, like whatever you want to drink, they'll pay for it. And they're like, "Uh, that's kind of suspicious. And they're like, who is it? Who is it? And he's like, well, don't look. But up in this certain room, like, there's this group of guys and they they want to pay for you. And if you don't accept, like, I'm going to get in trouble. And they're like, okay, that's fine, whatever. And so they have a couple drinks. And then all of a sudden, um, Sir McHottie is there. And he's like, what are you guys doing here? Like, what, what are you doing? And he, like, introduces himself to Janie. Like, he's very interested in her, you can already tell. And he tells her that his name is Quinn. So we finally know his name. And she's very flustered. And he's like, like, let me pay for your drinks. Like, let me tell the bartender. And the bartender, I feel like this was a setup to a joke. And the bartender says uh, that someone else was paying for him. And he asks, like, who? Like, who is paying for them? And the bartender finally tells him. And he's like, you guys need to go. Like, you need to leave right now. And they're like, wait, what? Like, um, we're not leaving. He's like, no, whoever bought your drinks, like, they're pretty dangerous people. Like, you need to leave. And so that's when Elizabeth actually gets paid, paged to go back to the hospital. So she's like, okay, like, I have to go anywhere. Anyways, like, I'm just going to leave from here to go to the hospital. Janie, you get a cab and go home. She's like, okay, whatever. She gets in the cab and they're about to leave. And she's like, you know what? Why is he telling me that I need to go? Like, I'm going to stay. Like, I've had a crazy week, and I'm going to stay. So she actually goes back in. And the next thing she knows, she wakes up. She doesn't know where she is. She's in a stranger's bed. She is just, like, in her underwear. Um, She gets up, puts her clothes on really quick. She can't find her purse. And then this person was in the shower. They come out, and it's actually Quinn. And he's like, hi. Like, are you looking for your purse? And she's like, Yes. So he gives her a purse and he's like, do you remember anything that happened? And she's like, um, no, but I'm pretty sure that means that I was drugged. And he's like, yeah, pretty sure you were. So apparently she gets back in the club. She goes up to that room. They give her more drinks. They drug her. He is aware that she's there. So he comes and takes her and has those guys arrested because I guess they're really shady guys. So he takes her home. She's pretty intoxicated, was drugged, everything like that. I'm pretty sure like a roofie. And he's like, let's go get breakfast. (laughs) Like, oh, you want to get breakfast? Okay, (laughs) well, I guess we'll go get breakfast. So they go and get breakfast. And she is just spouting out all the facts of just everything. And he is very interested. Like he keeps up with her. The conversation is very good, very light. And they start to get to know each other a little bit more. And before he like drops her off at 
her apartment or Elizabeth's apartment. He hands her the his card and is like, hey, I can get you an interview here on Monday, like show up, but you're going to have to get the job yourself. Like, I think you do well, like with accounting and with numbers. And she's like, okay, cool. Like I'll show up on Monday. And he's like, okay. And so that, that day that she goes in, there wasn't a specific time that he told her that Monday. So she, she goes in around nine o'clock a couple of the people there are like, oh, it's your first day. Like, let's get you going. Like, let's get you onboarded, all this. And she's like, wait, no, no, no. Like, I, I was here for an interview. Like, I, it's not my first day. And they're like, well, no, like, you got recruited. Like, you, this is your first day. Like, let's let's start going. And she's like, well, can you, can you ask me a couple questions? Like, no, like, I, I wasn't supposed to just be given this job. And so one of the guys is like, okay. And he seems like, a really great guy and just like very sassy and he hands her some like spreadsheets and telling her a little bit about the different things and she's able to pinpoint a lot of different problems in the sheets and he's like perfect like you're hired like that's exactly what I wanted you to pinpoint and so she's like oh okay well can I see like an agreement or something so they're like okay weird first day but yeah like we'll get you an agreement they settle on a a great salary that was like twice the one that she was at, great benefits. And this is the company, it's called, I believe, Cypher Systems or Cypher Security. And so it's like has security guards, like security software, just everything to do with security. And it's the company that Quinn is at, of course, like he gave the card and all that. So she is working with more of the public clients and doing their accounting and billing things like that working with the numbers and the the money and she's very confused on who Quinn is but doesn't really ask people just give him a lot of respect and so she's like okay so he comes and checks on her like later that day and um says like hey this week like we're going to go on a field trip you could say and check in with with some clients and look at some like potential clients as well she's like okay that sounds great so later that week they do that they go to this arena that I guess has a concert that night and they talk to the security guards there and talk to them about the different problems that they're having and where this new security company his this his security company I'll just say that I'll reveal it he's the boss he created it she doesn't know that though um so the guy that she had become friends with at work his name's Steven and he's very sassy we love him I that night he wanted to go to dinner with her and John which John is her ex-boyfriend and I guess she had been meeting up with him ever so often because he still wants to be friend. He wants to take care of her. Just a weird ex. And she wanted to show Steven, like, hey, this is an amicable breakup. Like, I can show you how it is. And so, yeah, she had plans with the two of them that night to go get dinner. Her and Quinn are taking this tour of the arena. And then they go to this room that I think it's like a box office room. And there's dinner just laid out there. And she's like, wait, are we staying for the concert? Like, I don't understand what's happening. And he's like, yeah, we're staying for the concert. Like, unless you have anything else. And she's like, well, I had these plans. And she tells him about it. And he's like, are you still talking to your ex? Like, what's happening? And he makes her cancel them because he's like, I want to spend time with you. (laughs) 
So they have great conversation and then they kiss for the first time and it is a great kiss. It's a great scene. She had called Stephen to reschedule Stephen and John and Stephen couldn't go the next night, but John could. And that's when Quinn is like, hey, I'll go with you. And she was so flustered and didn't know what to say. And so she just agreed. The next day, Quinn picks her up to go to the dinner with John and they are sitting down. So then she goes to the bathroom and she comes back and sees that it's just Quinn there. And she's like, where's John? Like, what did you guys talk about? Like, where's he at? We haven't even ordered. Like, what's happening? And Quinn is like, mm, he's going he's gonna to have to tell you himself um, when you see him next. But, I mean, it looks like it's just us now. And so she's very suspicious, which why would you not be? Like, what, what does she say or what did he say to John to make him want to leave? So she, like, sees John leaving, literally, and so she runs after him and is like, what's happening? Like, why are you leaving? And he, he's like, uh, I don't want to talk about it. Like, we'll, we'll talk later. Like, let's meet later. Uh, so she goes back in and they have, like, their dinner. And he's also wanting to take her out, like, that next night, too. And they have a really great dinner, really great time. They share some kisses and it's really nice. He mentioned, I don't know if he mentioned there at the dinner or if he had mentioned previously, but he said a couple times like, oh, I don't date, I don't date. And so she's thinking that he's like a hoe, like just sleeping with the ladies, doesn't want a relationship. And so she's like, I'm not going to like mess with this guy because I'm not like that. Like she calls her them slamps. I've never heard that term before, but I guess they're just like women that like sleep with men and, and he's a, what do they call him? A Winston, a Wendell, a Wendell. In the book, they call men that don't want relationships that just like sleep around with whatever women they call them Wendells. And so she talks to him about being a Wendell and not wanting a relationship and, She's like, we can be friends. Like, I can be a friend. And he's like, I can't be your friend. I don't want to be your friend. And she's like, well, we're kind of just going to figure it out, I guess. Like, because you don't want to date and I don't want to be one of those girls. So we're just going to have to figure it out. But he still wants to take her on a date the next day. And he picks her up during lunchtime. He wants to take her on a picnic. They go on their picnic. Everything's great. Have a great time. And they're picking up everything and she kind of like walks back to, she like walks backward to spread the blanket out or like to fold the blanket. And she runs into this guy who like grabs her and he's kind of a scary looking guy. Like he has like tattoos on his neck and like a, he's shaved. They call him like a skinhead or something. He's just a really scary guy. And he tell, he didn't write it down, but he said like, if you think you're if you think you're going to talk yourself out of this and just a weird phrase that she's very confused about and Quinn sees and he comes over and he's like hey like don't talk to her don't touch her like who are you like what is happening and the guy's like oh it's no big deal and he like walks off and so Quinn is on like high alert and he's like I need to take you home and she's very confused because they were supposed to spend the whole day together and he takes her home and he's like, I have to leave for Boston because they're in Chicago. Uh, this book is based in Chicago, Chicago. But he's like, I have to go to Boston. And then later this week, I am going I have to go to New York and then I'll be back next week 
for when we take the company trip to Las Vegas because they're meeting with like a big client at one of the casinos and she's going along with a couple of the other employees. He's like, I have to leave tonight. Like I, I have to go. And so she, she's upset because she wanted to stay with him and is very confused. He won't open up to her. So she's like, okay, whatever. Like, so during that week of when he's gone, he actually gave her a cell phone. And remember, she doesn't believe in cell phones. And so he's like, I'm the only one that has the number. Like, please answer it when I call. Please text me. Like, I want to talk to you. And it's hard for her to do that. But she does. Like, she has the phone with her and they talk a couple times. And um, she's still kind of mad at him. So she doesn't really answer all the time. While he's still in Boston, so before like New York, everything like that, she is talking to Steven. I can't remember what she says, but she doesn't know that he's like the boss boss. And she finds that out from Steven. And he's like, yeah, he's been the boss boss forever. Like he founded this company. Like he used to be like a bad guy and helping bad guys with like cybersecurity and everything. And now he's a good guy and he has all these great clients and really, really important clients. And he's created this whole industry and whole like empire basically. And she is like so appalled because she has talked to him this whole time as if he's like an employee, like she is. And she's mentioned before, like, oh, I couldn't date my boss, like these comments. And he hasn't really said anything, but he hasn't hid it or he hasn't kept it hidden that he's the boss, but she's just not understanding when he does talk about it. She's not answering the phone anymore from Quinn. And so it, it's been a while since he's been back, probably like a week and a half, and he's finally back. They go straight to Las Vegas. So he has like a private plane. Uh, she meets everyone on that private plane, and he's just very serious. Like, of course, he's he's the boss. Like, everyone knows him as serious, and so she sees him that way. And Later, they're in a meeting, and it goes really great, and later that night, um, he knocks on her door, and they they just start talking like she invites him in, and she asks him, like, what did you say at dinner with John, and that's when we learn that John actually had her fired. Um, I guess his dad works at, the, is like the head guy at the company that she was working at, and John talked him into like firing her like that day um, so that she would rely on John more and need him and want him and all that even though she just found out that he had cheated on her. We also learned more about one of Janie's sisters and her name is Jim. I can't remember her other sister's name but they are pretty trashy people and have like a had a life of like criminal activity and um, we also learn what Quinn said to John is that he was Quinn was going to tell Janie that John actually cheated on Janie with Jem. That's who he cheated on her with because Jem is very skeezy. She is not a nice sister. He like involved himself with her because she basically looks exactly like Jem. And so Jem and Janie look exactly alike. John, I guess, cheated on Janie because he wanted to be closer to Janie. And he thought that Jem was so interested in him and he got confused and just like the dumbest excuse. So Janie is finding this out with Quinn and she's just kind of like shook, which is natural. But she's like, I'm done. 
with them, like whatever. And um, he tells her that he, Quinn tells her that he actually had met Jem before, about six years previously. He was working for a guy named Seamus in Boston, and that's who he went and saw the week prior as well. Because I guess Seamus has the, he's a skeezy guy, and he, he is part of like the skinhead group. And most of his like henchmen, you could call it, looked the same as well and had these big neck tattoos and and bald and everything like that. So like the guy in the park. And so Quinn went and talked to him and he did. Quinn was trying to figure out like why Seamus's henchmen were around. And I guess they're really trying to find Jem because she screwed them over. So they're they're talking about all of this while they're in the hotel room and they decide to play strip poker and it's actually a pretty funny scene and then they make toast but yeah again there's no detail in it it's a very wholesome scene and I mean it's like toasty it's spicy but the actual like toast that's being made you don't know anything about it like they don't she doesn't go into detail so the next day she wakes up and he's gone and she reads a note that he went to breakfast um, and to get her breakfast and she kind of freaks out and doesn't know what to do so she actually gets on a plane early that morning and leaves and goes back to Chicago she goes back to the office to do some work and he actually calls her and is like what where are you like what happened and while she's talking um she actually starts to hear his voice and he is outside the office like he immediately got on their private jet and came back they talk through the situation they talk about their relationship like he I guess one of the prizes of winning strip poker like he wants to date her exclusively for a month so they go through like kind of their agreement with all that and she goes home after that because she just got back from the trip and Jem is actually there it's just a really crappy sister and they just talk through everything and and then Jem leaves. That week, Quinn actually takes her to a couple of the levels below their headquarters, and there's apartments there, and he had bought them for employees to live, and and just a, a good perk, and of course they pay rent, but he wants her and Elizabeth to go there for safety because he's not sure what's happening with Seamus. And so the next day, she actually takes Elizabeth to go look at the apartments. And while they are trying to get into one, he actually comes out of the one across the hall. And he's shirtless. And he has a bite mark. And he also has a burn mark on him. Janie is just kind of like in a fog, like, oh my gosh, what, what's this? Like, what's happening? And Elizabeth gets mad at him, is like yelling him. And, and Janie's just kind of shocked. And then all of a sudden, Jem comes out of that room. And she is half-dressed. And so you just kind of assume. I mean, how could you not assume? So Elizabeth takes Janie back to their apartment and is trying to console her. She calls an emergency meeting with the knitting girls again. All of a sudden, there's a knock on the door and it's Quinn and he like rushed after them and is trying to explain and and then all of a sudden um this group of skinheads they come into the room and they're talking to Janie as if she is Jem and they pull guns and it's a whole scene <laughs> the girls there's like six or seven of them all of a sudden they attack like all six of them and are just attacking these guys and that that way Quinn has enough time to get his hidden gun out and they basically like fight 
these guys. And the police was actually the police were actually on their way anyways because Elizabeth was threatening Quinn, saying, like, you need to get out, I'm calling the police. And it was actually perfect timing because these guys had shown up. So the guys get arrested and also Quinn gets arrested because he had a gun and they had to take him down to the station. Janie is just kind of like flustered and but she trusts Quinn and goes to his apartment and on the way up um, there's a security guard that she saw a lot when she was at her previous job and so they're talking together and he actually tells her like yeah I was in the apartment with Jem and with Quinn um, because I used to be a part of the group of Seamus's group and so I was there with him talking to Jem and she's just really crazy she started throwing her clothes off and attacking him and it just reassures Janie like oh okay nothing happened and then Quinn finally gets released and they cuddle in his apartment and it's very cute and they're just a great couple because he's very he's like a silent serious type she it just has all this knowledge and it's just a very very cute book so that's kind of like the synopsis of what happens now for the discussion let's talk about this book I honestly prefer contemporary books the most because it's more real life it's more relatable I can put myself in the main character's shoes I can basically live these situations with them I do love fantasy romances though because it's a fantasy like you want to live in those type of world I do love this type of storyline because the heroine or the main character she's quirky and I like quirky characters. I don't like when they're just like a damsel in distress and they don't think through a situation. Like it it does bother me in books when they're like, oh, I need to leave. Like it'll save them. It'll do that. It's like, no, like it's not going to save them. Be smart. Stay there. Like they said, like let them take care of you or let them help you. Like you don't have to go and make these dumb choices. <laughs> Anyways, I have a lot of feelings about that. Um, but I, yeah, I really like this book because it's more real life. And I learned so much from these types of books too, because you can really feel that the author does their research in the different industries. So for example, like the security industry, like there was a lot of details about this industry and the position of what Janie was doing. I usually learn a lot in the books. I don't know if it's correct knowledge I don't know if like it's all facts or what's made up but it's very interesting and so it, it really broadens my views on different type of careers lives that people would do like just imagine being a security guard even just a security guard in general or in this industry like working with the type of people that need security guards that's kind of scary and Quinn had actually like he did work with some bad people growing up but his and his dad was actually like pretty upset with him because his dad was a police officer Quinn's older brother was a police officer when Quinn was working for like a bad guy um, it got his older brother kind of roped into it like being the police officer um because Quinn didn't turn the bad guy in and in turn the bad guy um eventually does kill uh Quinn's brother which is really sad and so he like blames himself um and that was his turning point to be like no I'm not going to be work with be working with these bad guys there's a lot of liability I'm going to create my own company and that's so cool to be able to do that like I feel like I'm a smart person 
but to be like computer smart, like that's a whole nother level, like way above. And my dad and brother are actually in like the computer industry and my brother's going to school for cybersecurity and that stuff just like, that's a lot. (laughs) Like it doesn't interest me, of course, like books interest me, but it just seems so complicated. But nowadays, like that's the thing to do because everything is online, everything is cyber and everything is getting hacked too. So that's a great industry to be in. And it's going to continue to grow, I'm sure. With this book, I also love like a little small mystery. Like, oh, I am not about scary though. Not about scary. I have read a book that was pretty scary, but also like a romance. I was not about it. I did not like it. I honestly had a couple of nightmares while reading it. So I'm not about scary, but mystery, yes, because that keeps your attention. It's more intriguing. With this, you find out more about Jem and how her sister is the worst. And you figure out like why they want Jem. Jem was the one that cheated with John. Like it, it kind of like does a full circle. But it is a pretty short book, and so you do learn a lot of this stuff pretty quickly, but it moves very fast, and it's definitely not a slow burn. You already know so much about the characters by the time, like, the romance starts, and the storyline is just very good, and I really recommend you guys go and read this book. And also the other books in the series. Like, I can do more podcasts about the books in the series, but I I really recommend the series because they're all so good, like, the storylines are all different and they are still in the same group they have the six or seven girls and they all make appearances in the other books and so that makes it really exciting and makes you want to read every single one of the books so that is basically the podcast and I'm sure I'm gonna fill out this format even more I'm gonna have more questions that I want you guys to think about and the more that we do this the more it's gonna become more a conversation which that's what I want and so I hope this format you you vibe with it more and it it feels like we're just sitting down together but let me know your thoughts I want to know what you're thinking I want to know how I can improve what you do like what you don't like interact with me on Instagram I'm still trying to fill that out as well I don't know I have my my own personal Instagram, but I don't know how much to post on that and to post on the podcast one. I'm filling it out, you know? This is only episode seven, and I'm just going to keep going from here because I enjoy it, and it's a fun time. Thank you for tuning in. I really hope you pick up this book, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks, guys. (laughs) 